Good morning. It's 11 o'clock. Welcome. The topic of this workshop, hold on, I want to make sure I get it right. OA members come in all sizes, colors, and expressions. My name is Debbie. I am a grateful compulsive overeater and the moderator for this workshop. The speakers are Evangeline and JP. Dawn Marie, you had your hand up. You're on mute. Uh, uh, just saying good morning to you, Debbie. Oh, okay. Thank <laughs> good you. Good morning. <laughs> the format, let us start this meeting, please, with the serenity prayer. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The format for this workshop is each speaker will have up to 20 minutes, and then the floor will be open for two minutes sharing. The speakers are Evangeline and JP. The audio from this session is being recorded and will not be edited. Please note that this session will be available online or as a podcast fee. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. By sharing, you consent to be recorded. Please do not share if you do not wish to be recorded. Here are some Zoom info. Attendees are automatically muted. We ask that we keep what you keep here and see here confidential and that there be no recordings or screen captures. Please respect the anonymity of all those who attend. Please stop your video if you are walking around or eating or talking on the phone. We ask you to rename yourself to using your first name only and last initial. Feel free to add your state, province, or country. Also note that the chat is being set to host only until the speakers are finished. We have closed captioning available. Click on the live transcript on the bottom. Um, I believe we have interpretation here as well. Not sure. No, I'm not sure. Do we? Okay. Um, at this time... I would like to introduce our speaker, Evangeline. Thank you very much for agreeing to do service. Go ahead, Evangeline. Good morning, everyone. And I'm really glad to be here this morning. I'm thankful for the opportunity to share with you this morning. So my name is Evangeline. I'm a grateful compulsive overeater and a member of this fellowship since the fall of 1977. Please notice that I said grateful. I cannot imagine my life without this program. I spent years trying to manage my weight. I did everything imaginable not to get fat and nothing worked. I did all of the crazy unorthodox things like binging and purging and bulimia. 
uh, starving myself, going on liquid fast, buying every diet book available, um, using diet pills, going to a diet doctor. I don't ever remember taking any laxatives but uh, to lose weight, but I definitely tried diuretics uh, on the scale, off the scale, weighing constantly. Um, my brother, who had recently joined another 12-step program, told me, and I don't remember his exact words, that was that there was a program for people who ate too much. And that kind of stuck in the back of my mind. And one day, looking through our local paper, I saw in the community announcements that there was an Overeaters Anonymous. And I thought, well, that must be what my brother was talking about. I don't remember a lot about that. I, I shouldn't say I don't. I do remember that day. I remember being really nervous and because I knew didn't know anything at all about what it was about. I remember that it was um, up a flight of stairs over a sporting goods store and uh, just walking into a room that was full of women, full of women. And um, I was told that night that I should uh, take a slip of paper that had a diet on it, that I should get a sponsor. And that was what I did. And I, um, I lost weight. That was what I came for. I didn't come for anything else except to lose weight. Little did I know 44 years ago that I would still be here and that my life would be beyond my wildest imagination because of this program. I am um, probably 60 pounds lighter than when I first came in. And I've been the same size for about 15 years now. Um, last year I had COVID and I lost like 12 pounds. And it was the first time ever that I um, ever was really thankful for gaining weight. I'm just grateful that I survived COVID. Um, I'm 83 years old and I have been in OA now more than half of my life. Um, I cannot say that I was abstinent all those 44 years. Um, in 2008, my husband got very sick and I um, couldn't go to face-to-face -face meetings. And by the way, I, I, my, the meetings that I attended were in uh, um, upstate New York, Middletown, New York. I'm from the Mid-Hudson Valley region. Um, grew up in Westchester County. And um, this morning I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's a long story, but I live between the two places right now. Um, and so my husband got very sick and God brought me to the telephone meetings. I was around uh, the holidays and I heard about uh, marathons and um, and that's how I got to the phone meetings. And then I remembered something that my brother had said about going to a meeting every day for 90 days. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe I could sustain some sense of, of abstinence if I could do that for 90 days. And uh, again, all this time that I was in OA, 
And the only thing that kept me coming back was the third tradition that says that the only requirement for OA membership is to be the desire to stop eating compulsively. And I had that desire, but I truly, I could not do it. And I just, I can remember like these dark days and the depression and the sadness and the shame associated with bulimia, especially with the bulimia. Um, and just like that real visual of not being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And um, I did go to the meetings. I went to, uh, I remember I got to like day 86 and it was March 15th um, of uh, 2009. And I binged and I remember I was so upset with myself and so discouraged. And I got on the telephone meeting, I shared it, and I've never, ever gotten so many phone calls in one day as I got that day. And by the grace of God, I've been abstinent now since 2009, by the grace of God and for this absolutely wonderful program. So that's just a little bit about how I got here. Um, I definitely belong here. And our topic this morning is OA members come in all colors, sizes, and expressions. I have to be true, you know, the colors, the sizes I could get. But when I got to expressions, I was like, what on earth does that mean? You know, we talked about, well, the first thing that came to my mind was facial expressions. And anyway, I asked around a little bit and my understanding is expressions now is like another word for uh, gender expression. So we'll think of that in that, in that context. Um, I thought about um, our OH unity with diversity policy, and I thought about the meetings that I attend, and I realized that only one meeting that I attend is the policy read in its entirety. Um, one other meeting, there's a very abbreviated form, and even in our OA.org um, script that, that comes out from OA.org, there's still a very abbreviated script for the OA with diversity policy. So I'm just going to take a minute just to read. There are really two policy statements that are related to unity with diversity. Uh, the first one was written and was accepted in 1992, and it's been amended a couple of times, the last time being this year at OA uh, World Conference. So this is the policy. The Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous encourages and promotes acceptance and inclusivity. All are welcome to join OA and are not excluded because of race, creed, nationality, religion, gender identity, sexual orientation, or any other attribute. We welcome all who share our compulsion. Everyone with the desire to stop eating compulsively is welcome at Overeaters Anonymous. The fellowship recognizes the existence of individual approaches and different structured concepts to working our 12-step program of recovery. That the fellowship is united by our disease and our common purpose and that individual differences and approaches to recovery within our fellowship need not divide us. The fellowship respects the rights of members, groups, and service bodies 
to follow a particular concept of recovery within Overeaters Anonymous and encourages each member, group, and service body to respect those rights as they extend the hand of fellowship to those who still suffer. The fellowship encourages each duly registered group and service body to affirm and maintain the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous by allowing any member to share his or her experience, strength, and hope in meetings, regardless of the individual approach or specific concept that member may follow. Duly registered is defined as being in full compliance with bylaws, subpart B, article five. And then the other one is a much shorter policy statement that was uh, written in 1994 and amended in 2008 that I really had never seen until I uh, went to OA.org looking for the policy. And it says the Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous recognizes that the existence of special focus meetings, that is, gay and lesbian meetings, women's meetings, men's meetings, 100-pounders, maintainers, old-timers, and people of various cultural backgrounds, etc., which have been formed of persons who can more readily identify with fellow OAers with similar attributes. According to the traditions, bylaws, and policies of OA, the only requirement for membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. We ask each person attending a meeting to respect and consider the group conscience. All registered meetings shall welcome and give a voice to any person who has the desire to stop eating compulsively. And I will come back to special focus meetings just a little uh, later in the talk. It's funny, yesterday, somebody who has no idea that I was even speaking today sent me a little um, uh, text and the text said, diversity is having a seat at the table. Inclusion is having a voice. Belonging is having that voice heard. When I think about my OA history, I can think about um, uh, uh, at least a couple of instances that I perceived as, um, as being discrimination. Now, whether it was discrimination because of my color, it wasn't because of my age, because I was much, much younger at that time, but we do still see discrimination um, about age and, uh, or, or my woman. So I'll just share briefly what those two occurrences were. And I have to say that they were a long time ago. They were few and far between, but they still are part of my OA history. One of them was a meeting that I went to that I had never gone to before. It was in upstate New York, um, not in my town, in another town that was much less racially diverse than the town I lived in. And there were two men there and they were having a meeting and they never acknowledged that I was there. They never included me in any part of the meeting at all. That would not happen to me now. It was new and I was, you know, fairly new at the time. It was, it was um, a very uncomfortable situation. So I just, I never, ever went back to that meeting again. And the second meeting I had gone, it was the second time I had gone to, and it was in the South. Um, and I had gone first time, had a great experience. There was somebody there that at that time I was um, 
uh, the coordinator for the marathons and she realized, uh, you know, recognized my name and it felt very welcome. I went back again to that meeting and there was nobody there that was there the first time. And that was a very similar meeting to what happened to the first one with the two men. I was never called on. Everybody else in that room, the leader called on and asked them to read or do something. I was never called on to do that meeting and to do any service at that meeting. And I've never been gone back to that meeting again ever either. I have gone to other cities and had really good experiences. So that's two experiences out of many that um, that weren't great experiences. And I, the other thing that that again, you know, all of these experiences um, shape who we are and what we do. The other one was early on in recovery and going to an overnight retreat and being assigned a roommate, and that roommate. It did everything to let me know that I was not welcome in that room as a roommate. So again, you learn from your experiences. Um, if I don't know who my roommate is going to be, then I will pay extra to be in a private room. Um, that's just my experience. I'm not going to subject myself to anything like that ever, ever again. Um, I just I said I, I wanted to talk a little bit about special focus groups, because last year, last summer, of course, you know, we had two terrible, we had the COVID-19 pandemic going on. And at the same time, there was a lot of racial unrest going on. And I happened to have been right in the middle of it um, in downtown Atlanta, I was living there at the time. So it was very much around me. And I went to an OA meeting and it wasn't me who shared about it. Um, another um, fellow who happened to be white shared about um, how the racial unrest was affecting her and her program. And we had been talking about COVID-19 for months by that time. And it was never brought up that COVID-19 was enough. Five minutes. Thank you that COVID-19 was an outside issue. That person was shut down immediately and told that she was had, had an outside issue. Right around the same time, I also went to a, uh, a traditions workshop and the person who was leading that, that workshop brought up Tradition 10 and talked about how speaking about the racial unrest at this time was a break in uh, tradition 10. It didn't just happen to me, it happened to a number of people of color at that time. And one of the things, one of the great good things that came out of that was that um, there's always been ebony. I mean, for a long time, I know that there have been ebony focus meetings and thank goodness the ebony meetings were there. Not only did we tend more ebony meetings, but we also formed what's called BIPOC, and BIPOC stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. Um, we were able to start, and, and the meetings are growing. Um, we now have an intergroup, and we'll have representation at World Service this year. These meetings are not meant to divide us. These meetings are what's helping OA to grow. And I go to one BIPOC meeting a week, um, I, and again, 
very seldom since last summer have I even had to bring up anything about racial unrest at the time. But it's a safe place where people of color can share and not be told that they're breaking traditions. Um, just before I close, I wanted to talk about two other things in OA that I think have really brought us all together more. And one of them is the marathons. Um, I happen to have been a marathon uh, coordinator one year. And up until last year, I was on the committee that came up with themes for the marathons. I think last year, we had at least like 40 marathons. And I've learned so much about other cultures, about other holidays that I knew nothing whatsoever about from, the, from those marathons. Um, it's just been uh, just working with a committee, um, which is very diverse. And also just, uh, again, as I said, knowing about holidays and other cultures that I never would have known before without attending the marathons. And then the um, other thing I wanna talk about a little bit is about um, as a delegate to World Service, I'm on the um, literature committee, the Conference of Peru Literature. And we are looking for stories. This is um, a pamphlet that's gonna be revised, A Common Solution, Diversity and Recovery. We've been looking for stories from diverse populations. I, um, it's gonna be, uh, um, again, revitalized. We need new stories from different facets of our, um, of our program to add to this program. I put my phone number in the chat and I also have my phone number underneath my name. If you can text me, I will send you the flyer that explains exactly what they're looking for. The, um, the last date for the stories to be in is October 31st, next Sunday, Halloween. But if you are interested in writing anything from a diverse voice, be greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, I think with that, I will close. I um, appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak to you all. And um, I'm going to turn it over to JP. Thank you. Thank you very much. JP? Hello. <clears throat> My name is JP. I'm a compulsive overeater and a relapse survivor. My pronouns are he and him. And although I'm from New York City, um, I'm actually visiting California currently. So I'm a little bit ahead of you all or behind you all. And so I'm extra grateful to be here early this morning with you all. I need to pause to connect with my higher power, to connect with the fellows who came before me and to remember my responsibility to extend the heart and hand to all who share my compulsion. I like to close that little poem, that little pause with the we version of the serenity prayer. So if you're sitting at home, sitting wherever you are, and would like to say the we version with me, please follow along.
God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That will not ours be done. I'm a little nervous today, so I'm very grateful to be here. It's the right place to be. Again, I'm JP. My pronouns are he and him, and I come from New York City, but again, I'm showing up uh, from California right now. I have I entered the rooms uh, 12 years ago. And a little bit about me, although I know some familiar faces, I'll share a little bit about my story, where it came in and how it came in. Um, I moved from California to New York City, and um, although I didn't know what a geographic uh, location change was, as we hear in the big book, um, it definitely was uh, a, a new opportunity and an opportunity to prove myself, an opportunity to um, to come out um, bigger and better and whatever that meant. Um, I was just going to prove to myself, I was going to prove to others that I can move across the states and thrive. Um, luckily, my higher power introduced me uh, to OA pretty quickly. I moved in August and Although we have some season changes here in California, we did not have the season changes that was occurring in New York and uh, people stopped hanging out. People didn't want to go outside anymore and people didn't want to go out after work. And that familiar feeling of loneliness and feeling of um, despair, of isolation, right? I, I, I was lonely, so I would you know, go to my room and just hide away. But I wanted a craved friendship, a creative community. And um, I am a queer individual. And um, I looked to the LGBT center um, to find anything to do, just activities, whatever have you, uh, whatever I could find. And I came across these, the section of 12-step fellowships. Somehow I just started reading through them and I saw Overeaters Anonymous. And I looked into it a little bit more. And so that's me. So I went to my first meeting at the LGBT Center in New York and full of expectations. I was going to go in, I was going to get my diet, I was going to look good, and I was going to find a partner. I was going to find someone amazing and beautiful, and we were going to have a great life. And I wouldn't have to go to these meetings. I just needed to get the diet and leave. I walked in full of expectations of people that were going to look like me and expressions like me. And I walked in, and the room was filled. And it was a, it was a noon meeting. It was a lunchtime meeting. It was filled with all of these women, particularly it was white women. And I was like, very, I, one other man, he's still a friend today. I was somehow, some way, miraculously made to sit down. I felt a need to sit down. And although my appearance was different than the rest of the room. 
when the meeting started and shares went around, I started hearing my story. I started hearing what people did with food. I started hearing people having solutions around food. And I wanted that. I wanted that so bad, just to have peace and serenity around food. Not knowing that I wanted peace and serenity around my entire life. I shared at that meeting, cried at that meeting. I was seen, I was heard, I was welcomed. And so I stayed. I got a sponsor, started working the steps, started doing service. Still, I still love doing service. Service is, service is my anchor to this program. Um, I, got, I, I graduated undergrad. I got into a prestigious graduate program. And that's when my relapse started. That's when I started to see myself separated from everyone else, right? I started seeing myself different from the people in my class. I started seeing myself different from the, the administration. It was not a program for me to be in. But my ego is so strong at times, especially when I'm not abstinent, that um, I wanted to stay. I wanted to prove again. I wanted to prove something that I could stay and I could make, make, make this program work for me. So I would, um, I was in a program that cost way too much money. I did not have that money, but I took the loans out anyway. And something that's really closely related to my recovery in OA is that um, when I feel insecure about how much finances I have, when I feel insecure about relationships I have, the only solution that I have without OA is to turn to food. And so I would go to these buffet lines around the campus and I would load up my plate hide in a corner, stuff my mouth down. And still, I was stealing from these places. Um, I ended up failing out of that graduate program. Devastating. Stopped going to meetings, OA meetings. Um, just a lot of shame. And somehow, some way, I found a friend who needed a program. And I try to read welcome home to them. I try to change out the words for, for what their addiction was. Let me tell you, that did not work so well. That was my higher powers moment to welcome me back to the program. I've been back since, I've been back, it'll be six years, December 12th. Um, God is willing that I'm here every single day and, and uh, I am willing to be here every single day. I, I, I love somehow, some way that my, my abstinence birthday is uh, 12, 12, right? It's a reminder of the 12 steps, the 12 traditions, that my responsibility is to take this message and to share it with others. And through that, I gained so much more. I gained so much more. I've come to identify myself not only as queer, 
although I use he, him pronouns, my expression, my gender expression um, is fluid. I find myself connected to more uh, gender fluid folks these days. I have come to understand that my relationships um, through the 12 steps um, that my higher power intends for me, that um, I'm a polyamorous person. That means I'm not a monogamous. I do not have monogamous relationships. I have ethical um, polyamorous relationships. All of these things have come to me because I work the steps, because this program gave me an ability to remove the barriers between me and my higher power. When I remove those barriers, when I remove my own crap from- Good morning, it's 11 o'clock. Welcome. The topic of this workshop, hold on, I wanna make sure I get it right. OA members come in all sizes, colors, and expressions. My name is Debbie. I am a grateful compulsive overeater and the moderator for this workshop. The speakers are Evangeline and JP. Dawn Marie, you had your hand up. You're on mute. Um, uh, just saying good morning to you, Debbie. Oh, okay. Thank Good you. Morning. <laughs> the format, let us start this meeting, please, with the serenity prayer. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The format for this workshop is each speaker will have up to 20 minutes and then the floor will be open for two minutes sharing. The speakers are Evangeline and JP. The audio from this session is being recorded and will not be edited. Please note that this session will be available online or as a podcast fee. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. By sharing, you consent to be recorded. Please do not share if you do not wish to be recorded. Here are some Zoom info. Attendees are automatically muted. We ask that we keep what you keep here and see here confidential and that there be no recordings or screen captures. Please respect the anonymity of all those who attend. Please stop your video if you are walking around or eating or talking on the phone. We ask you to rename yourself to using your first name only and last initial. Feel free to add your state, province, or country. Also note that the chat is being set to host only until the speakers are finished. We have closed captioning available. Click on the live transcript on the bottom. Um, I believe we have interpretation here as well. Not sure. No, I'm not sure. Do we? Okay. Um, at this time, I would like to introduce our speaker, Evangeline. 
Thank you very much for agreeing to do service. Go ahead, Evangeline. Good morning, everyone. And I'm really glad to be here this morning. I'm thankful for the opportunity to share with you this morning. So my name is Evangeline. I'm a grateful compulsive overeater and a member of this fellowship since the fall of 1977. Please notice that I said grateful. I cannot imagine my life without this program. I spent years trying to manage my weight. I did everything imaginable not to get fat and nothing worked. I did all of the crazy unorthodox things like binging and purging and bulimia, uh, starving myself, going on liquid fast, buying every diet book available, um, using diet pills, going to a diet doctor. I don't ever remember taking any laxatives but uh, to lose weight, but I definitely tried diuretics uh, on the scale, off the scale, weighing constantly. Um, my brother, who had recently joined another 12-step program, told me, and I don't remember his exact words, that was, that there was a program for people who ate too much. And that kind of stuck in the back of my mind. And one day, looking through our local paper, I saw in the community announcements that there was an Overeaters Anonymous. And I thought, well, that must be what my brother was talking about. I don't remember a lot about that. I, I shouldn't say I don't. I do remember that day. I remember being really nervous and because I knew didn't know anything at all about what it was about. I remember that it was um, up a flight of stairs over a sporting goods store and uh, just walking into a room that was full of women, full of women. And um, I was told that night that I should uh, take a slip of paper that had a diet on it, that I should get a sponsor. And that was what I did. And I, um, I lost weight. That was what I came for. I didn't come for anything else except to lose weight. Little did I know 44 years ago that I would still be here and that my life would be beyond my wildest imagination because of this program. I am um, probably 60 pounds lighter than when I first came in. And I've been the same size for about 15 years now. Um, last year I had COVID and I lost like 12 pounds. And it was the first time ever that I um, ever was really thankful for gaining weight. I'm just grateful that I survived COVID. Um, I'm 83 years old and I have been in OA now more than half of my life. Um, I cannot say that I was abstinent all those 44 years. Um, in 2008, my husband got very sick and I um, couldn't go to face-to-face -face meetings. And by the way, I, I, my, the meetings that I attended were in uh, uh, upstate New York, Middletown, New York. I'm from the Mid-Hudson Valley region. Um, 
grew up in Westchester County. And um, this morning I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. And that's a long story, but I live between the two places right now. Um, and so my husband got very sick and God brought me to the telephone meetings. I was around uh, the holidays and I heard about uh, marathons and, um, and that's how I got to the phone meetings. And then I remembered something that my brother had said about going to a meeting every day for 90 days. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, maybe I could sustain some sense of, of abstinence if I could do that for 90 days. And uh, again, all this time that I was in OA, um, the only thing that kept me coming back was the third tradition that says that the only requirement for OA membership is to be the desire to stop eating compulsively. And I had that desire, but I truly, I could not do it. And I just, I can remember like these dark days and the depression and the sadness and the shame associated with bulimia, especially with the bulimia. Um, and just like that real visual of not being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And um, I did go to the meetings. I went to, uh, I remember I got to like day 86 and it was March 15th um, of uh, 2009 and I binged. And I remember I was so upset with myself and so discouraged. And I got on the telephone meeting, I shared it, and I've never ever gotten so many phone calls in one day as I got that day. And by the grace of God, I've been abstinent now since 2009, by the grace of God and for this absolutely wonderful program. So that's just a little bit about how I got here. Um, I definitely belong here. And our topic this morning is OA members come in all colors, sizes, and expressions. I have to be true, you know, the colors, the sizes I could get. But when I got to expressions, I was like, what on earth does that mean? You know, we're talking about, well, the first thing that came to my mind was facial expressions. And anyway, I asked around a little bit and my understanding is expressions now is like another word for uh, gender expression. So we'll think of that in that, in that context. Um, I thought about um, our OH unity with diversity policy. And I thought about the meetings that I attend. And I realized that only one meeting that I attend is the policy read in its entirety. Um, one other meeting, there's a very abbreviated form. And even in our OA.org um, script that, that comes out from OA.org, there's still a very abbreviated script for the OA with diversity policy. So I'm just going to take a minute just to read. There are really two policy statements that are related to unity with diversity. Uh, the first one was written and was accepted in 1992, and it's been amended a couple of times, the last time being this year at the OA uh, World Conference. So this is the policy. The Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous encourages and promotes acceptance and inclusivity. 
All are welcome to join OA and are not excluded because of race, creed, nationality, religion, gender identity, sexual orientation, or any other attribute. We welcome all who share our compulsion. Everyone with the desire to stop eating compulsively is welcome in Overeaters Anonymous. The fellowship recognizes the existence of individual approaches and different structured concepts to working our 12-step program of recovery, that the fellowship is united by our disease and our common purpose, and that individual differences and approaches to recovery within our fellowship need not divide us. The fellowship respects the rights of members, groups, and service bodies to follow a particular concept of recovery within Overeaters Anonymous and encourages each member, group, and service body to respect those rights as they extend the hand of fellowship to those who still suffer. The fellowship encourages each duly registered group and service body to affirm and maintain the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous by allowing any member to share his or her experience, strength and hope in meetings, regardless of the individual approach or specific concept that member may follow. Duly registered is defined as being in full compliance with bylaws, subpart B, article five. And then the other one is a much shorter policy statement that was uh, written in 1994 and amended in 2008 that I really had never seen until I um, went to OA.org looking for the policy. And it says the Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous recognizes that the existence of special focus meetings, that is, gay and lesbian meetings, women's meetings, men's meetings, 100 pounders, maintainers, old timers, and people of various cultural backgrounds, etc., which have been formed of persons who can more readily identify with fellow OAers with similar attributes. According to the traditions, bylaws, and policies of OA, the only requirement for membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. We ask each person attending a meeting to respect and consider the group conscience. All registered meetings shall welcome and give a voice to any person who has the desire to stop eating compulsively. And I will come back to special focus meetings just a little uh, later in the talk. It's funny, yesterday, somebody who has no idea that I was even speaking today sent me a little um, uh, text and the text said, diversity is having a seat at the table. Inclusion is having a voice. Belonging is having that voice heard. When I think about my OA history, I can think about um, uh, uh, at least a couple of instances that I perceived as, um, as being discrimination. Now, whether it was discrimination because of my color, it wasn't because of my age, because I was much, much younger at that time, but we do still see discrimination um, about age and, uh, or, or my woman. So I'll just share briefly what those two occurrences were. And I have to say that they were a long time ago. They were few and far between, but they still are part of my OA history. One of them was a meeting that I went to that I had never gone to before. It was in upstate New York. Um, 
not in my town, in another town that was much less racially diverse than the town I lived in. And there were two men there and they were having a meeting and they never acknowledged that I was there. They never included me in any part of the meeting at all. That would not happen to me now. It was new and I was, you know, fairly new at the time. It was, it was um, a very uncomfortable situation. So I just, I never, ever went back to that meeting again. And the second meeting I had gone, it was the second time I had gone to, and it was in the South. Um, and I had gone first time, had a great experience. There was somebody there that at that time I was um, uh, the coordinator for the marathons and she realized uh, you know, recognized my name and it felt very welcome. I went back again to that meeting and there was nobody there that was there the first time. And that was a very similar meeting to what happened to the first one with the two men. I was never called on. Everybody else in that room, the leader called on and asked them to read or do something. I was never called on to do that meeting and to do any service at that meeting. And I've never been gone back to that meeting again ever either. I have gone to other cities and had really good experiences. So that's two experiences out of many that um, that weren't great experiences. And I, the other thing that that again, you know, all of these experiences um, shape who we are and what we do. The other one was early on in recovery and going to an overnight retreat and being assigned a roommate. And that roommate did everything to let me know that I was not welcome in that room as a roommate. So again, you learn from your experiences. Um, if I don't know who my roommate is gonna be, then I will pay extra to be in a private room. Um, that's just my experience. I'm not gonna subject myself to anything like that ever, ever again. Um, I just I said I, I wanted to talk a little bit about special focus groups, because last year, last summer, of course, you know, we had two terrible, we had the COVID-19 pandemic going on. And at the same time, there was a lot of racial unrest going on. And I happened to have been right in the middle of it um, in downtown Atlanta, I was living there at the time. So it was very much around me. And I went to an OA meeting and it wasn't me who shared about it. Um, another um, fellow who happened to be white shared about um, how the racial unrest was affecting her and her program. And we had been talking about COVID-19 for months by that time. And it was never brought up that COVID-19 was in- Five minutes. Thank you that COVID-19 was an outside issue. That person was shut down immediately and told that she was had, had an outside issue. Right around the same time, I also went to a, uh, a traditions workshop and the person who was leading that, that workshop brought up Tradition 10 and talked about how speaking about the racial unrest at this time was a break in uh, Tradition 10. It didn't just happen to me, it happened to a number of people of color at that time. 
And one of the things, one of the great good things that came out of that was that um, there's always been ebony. I mean, for a long time, I know that there have been ebony focus meetings. And thank goodness the ebony meetings were there. Not only did we attend more ebony meetings, but we also formed what's called BIPOC. And BIPOC stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. Um, we were able to start, and, and the meetings are growing. Um, we now have an intergroup, and we'll have representation at World Service this year. These meetings are not meant to divide us. These meetings are what's helping OA to grow. And I go to one BIPOC meeting a week. Um, I, and again, very seldom since last summer have I even had to bring up anything about racial unrest at the time, but it's a safe place where people of color can share and not be told that they're breaking traditions. Um, just before I close, I wanted to talk about two other things in OA that I think have really brought us all together more. And one of them is the marathons. Um, I happen to have been a marathon a coordinator one year, and up until last year, I was on the committee that came up with themes for the marathons. I think last year, we had at least like 40 marathons, and I've learned so much about other cultures, about other holidays that I knew nothing whatsoever about from, the, from those marathons. Um, it's just been uh, just working with a committee, um, which is very diverse. And also just, uh, again, as I said, knowing about holidays and other cultures that I never would have known before without attending the marathons. And then the um, other thing I wanna talk about a little bit is about um, as a delegate to World Service, I'm on the um, literature committee, the Conference of Peru Literature. And we are looking for stories. This is um, a pamphlet that's gonna be revised, A Common Solution, Diversity and Recovery. We've been looking for stories from diverse populations. I, um, it's gonna be, uh, um, again, revitalize. We need new stories from different facets of our um, of our program to add to this program. I put my phone number in the chat and I also have my phone number underneath my name. If you can text me, I will send you the flyer that explains exactly what they're looking for. The um, the last date for the stories to be in is October 31st, next Sunday, Halloween. But if you are interested in writing anything from a diverse voice, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Um, I think with that, I will close. I um, appreciate the opportunity to be able to speak to you all. And um, I'm going to turn it over to JP. Thank you. Thank you very much. JP? Hello, <clears throat> my name is JP. I'm a compulsive overeater and a relapse survivor. My pronouns are he and him. And although I'm from New York City, um, I'm actually visiting California 
currently. So I'm a little bit ahead of you all or behind you all. And so I'm extra grateful to be here early this morning with you all. I need to pause to connect with my higher power, to connect with the fellows who came before me and to remember my responsibility to extend the heart and hand to all who share my compulsion. And I like to close that little that little pause with the we version of the serenity prayer. So if you're sitting at home, sitting wherever you are, and would like to say the we version with me, please follow along. God, grant us the serenity to accept the things we cannot change, the courage to change the things we can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That will not ours be done. I'm a little nervous today, so I'm very grateful to be here. It's the right place to be. Again, I'm JP. My pronouns are he and him, and I come from New York City, but again, I'm showing up um, from California right now. I have, I entered the rooms uh, 12 years ago and a little bit about me, although I know some familiar faces, I'll share a little bit about my story, where it came in and how it came in. Um, I moved from California to New York City and um, although I didn't know what a geographic uh, location change was as we hear in the big book, um, it definitely was uh, a, a new opportunity and an opportunity to prove myself, an opportunity to, um, to come out um, bigger and better and whatever that meant. Um, I was just going to prove to myself, I was going to prove to others that I can move across the states and thrive. Um, luckily, my higher power introduced me uh, to OA pretty quickly. I moved in August and although we have some season changes here in California, we did not have the season changes that was occurring in New York and uh, people stopped hanging out. People didn't wanna go outside anymore and people didn't wanna go out after work. And that familiar feeling of loneliness and feeling of, um, despair of isolation, right? I, I, I was lonely, so I would you know, go to my room and just hide away. But I wanted a craved friendship, a craved community. And um, I am a queer individual and um, I looked to the LGBT center um, to find anything to do, just activities, whatever have you, uh, whatever I could find. And I came across these, the section of 12-step fellowships. Somehow I just started reading through them and I saw Overeaters Anonymous. And I looked into it a little bit more. And so that's me. So I went to my first meeting at the LGBT Center in New York and full of expectations. I was going to go in, I was going to get my diet, I was going to look good, and I was going to find a partner. 
I was going to find someone amazing and beautiful and we were going to have a great life. And I wouldn't have to go to these meetings. I just needed to get the diet and leave. I walked in full of expectations of people that were going to look like me and expressions like me. And I walked in and the room was filled. And it was a, it was a noon meeting. It was a lunchtime meeting. It was filled with all of these women, particularly it was white women. And I was like, very, I, one other man, he's still a friend today. I was somehow, some way, miraculously made to sit down. I felt a need to sit down. And although my appearance was different than the rest of the room, when the meeting started and shares went around, I started hearing my story. I started hearing what people did with food. I started hearing people having solutions around food. And I wanted that. I wanted that so bad, just to have peace and serenity around food. Not knowing that I wanted peace and serenity around my entire life. I shared at that meeting, cried at that meeting. I was seen, I was heard, I was welcomed. And so I stayed. I got a sponsor, started working the steps, started doing service. Still, I still love doing service. Service is, service is my anchor to this program. Um, and got, I, I graduated undergrad. I got into a prestigious graduate program. And that's when my relapse started. That's when I started to see myself separated from everyone else, right? I started seeing myself different from the people in my class. I started seeing myself different from the, the administration. It was not a program for me to be in. But my ego is so strong at times, especially when I'm not abstinent, that um, I wanted to stay. I wanted to prove again. I wanted to prove something that I could stay and I could make, make, make this program work for me. So I would, um, I was in a program that cost way too much money. I did not have that money, but I took the loans out anyway. And something that's really closely related to my recovery in OA is that um, when I feel insecure about how much finances I have, when I feel insecure about relationships I have, the only solution that I have without OA is to turn to food. And so I would go to these buffet lines around the campus and I would load up my plate hide in a corner, stuff my mouth down. And still, I was stealing from these places. Um, I ended up failing out of that graduate program. Devastating. I stopped going to meetings, OA meetings. Um, just a lot of shame. And somehow, some way, I found a friend who needed a program. And I try to read Welcome Home to them. 
to try to change out the words for, for what their addiction was. Let me tell you, that did not work so well. That was my higher powers moment to welcome me back to the program. I've been back since, I've been back, it'll be six years, December 12th. Um, God is willing that I'm here every single day and, and uh, I am willing to be here every single day. I, I, I love somehow some way that my my abstinence birthday is uh 12 12 right reminder of the 12 steps the 12 traditions that my responsibility is to take this message and to share it with others and through that i gain so much more i gain so much more i've come to identify myself not only as queer although I use he, him pronouns, my expression, my gender expression um, is fluid. I find myself connected to more uh, gender fluid folks these days. I have come to understand that my relationships um, through the 12 steps um, that my higher power intends for me, that um, I am a polyamorous person. That means I'm not a monogamous. I do not have monogamous relationships. I have ethical um, polyamorous relationships. All of these things have come to me because I worked the steps, because this program gave me an ability to remove the barriers between me and my higher power. When I remove those barriers, when I remove my own crap, for lack of other words, um, because I build up a lot of junk in the way. Um, when I remove all of that, when I remove that and I work through it and I talk to my higher power and I work with my higher power, what is your will for me? Things are possible. Many, many things are possible. I got through a graduate program. I've broken up with two different relationships. I'm currently single, but I am open to dating all things I've gotten through my program, through my relationship with my higher power, the steps that have given me a relationship with my higher power, given me the, um, what my intentions and what my, my, my responsibility here is to be, is to, to welcome others, to say, hey, there's a solution out there. If you're in pain, I too was in pain. And so I'm here. Now, the topic of uh, the meeting being that we come in all colors, shapes, and expressions, I'm rather light-skinned. I haven't had a lot of issues in this program, but I've seen and I've heard of those issues. For me, the responsibility pledge really stands out for me. I have to extend that heart and hand of the OA fellowship, right? I can't be complacent in my recovery and say, oh, it's fine. I'm having a good time. It works for me. It will work for you the same way, right? Being uh, generously read the, the um, unity with diversity statement, reminded we're not a cookie cutter. 
we're not the expectation is not the same for you know the there's there is no expectation that the 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 program is for everyone who wants it you know it takes work but anyone who wants this program can be in this program and so a lot of my my service today um, i'm in the greater new york metro intergroup I'm the chair of the welcoming committee because we saw discrepancies of who is being welcomed. And for me, that meant I need to stand up. I needed to say, you know, folks aren't being welcomed into our fellowship. And for me, I was welcomed into a room full of people who did not look like me, full of people whose expression did not look like me, whose body types did not look like me that I was welcomed. I just want to extend that same grace to everyone who comes in, right? And it's a day at a time. It's a practice at a time. It's, it's humility. I feel that sometimes for me, there is a lot of um, this imposter syndrome of, well, am I doing a good enough job? Is my recovery good enough? I use quotes around that because that's all my disease thinking. My disease wants me to know that I'm the POS, right? That I am the worst in the world, that um, I have no, no worth. Those are all untrue. Those are all untrue statements. So when I come into the rooms and I go to my meetings and I make my phone calls, I remember I am a part of this fellowship, that my service is both needed and that it's valid. That there might be some people who just don't agree with the service that we're doing of welcoming a diverse population into our community. But for me and my higher power, that's my work. That's what my higher power needs me to do. I've not shown up for my higher power before and that ended up in a relapse. And so graciously saying today, okay, I accept this job. I accept this work. I accept what you need me to do. And it's intimidating, let me tell you. I have Five been minutes to, left. thank you. I've been to uh, region six and talked about different uh, uh, diversity and inclusion around um, about, uh, with the welcoming committee. Um, I'm a delegate for world service and I'm part of um, a subcommittee. I'm actually chairing a subcommittee around um, uh, financial um, so, support, financial support for, for delegates and rewarding the delegate um, support fund so that more people could be included, right? So the more work I do, the more I see, oh, these are the areas that need diversity, that need to expand in order for our fellowship to continue. I do this work because I need to see myself reflected. The more I help others, the more I see other people like me, 
And so although it was like, oh, well, I'm going to help people who don't look like me come into the fellowship, people who's had different experiences who may not be welcomed as much, it's really turned into, I see myself in these fellows and I need that. I need that for my recovery because I can't do this without OA. I've tried. I've tried to do life on life's terms without OA. And it got me to very sticky situations, really harmful situations. The more I do the work of this welcoming committee, the more I do the work of diversity within OA, I'm learning to accept myself more and more. Right? It started with me like, oh, yeah, I'm gay, and I'm, now I'm queer, and I'm understanding the queer identity. I've dropped the, the, the body image issues. Um, I've had terrible body image issues. Those, those folks who are with us today, and you can see me, I'm a hairy individual. Before away, I hated myself. I hated my body. By working the 12 steps, what I've gained is being able to look at myself in the mirror saying, I love that person. I've looked in that mirror and I've said, I have a higher power that loves me. One of my favorite things I do in the morning is just to not even pray, really. It's just to have that conversation with my higher power of saying, God, I love you. God, thank you for loving me brief to the point but again I've gotten that through OA before OA I would quickly have to get out of bed I'd be running late for something um you know I'd, I'd be so frantic throughout the day I'd be so anxious throughout the day and now I say oh minutes left thank you there's those old expectations of myself that my body should look like this Eurocentric version of who I am. No, I dropped that. I dropped the need to look like anything else besides what I'm looking like right now. This is what I look like. And I'm so grateful that I've been welcomed into OA. I'm really grateful that I found a home in OA. I'm grateful that I can be of service today that I've been asked to be of service and that I said, you know what, I can do it. I can do it across the country, no problem. I'm really grateful for a place that I feel like I belong and I extend the heart and hand of the OA Fellowship to all who share my compulsion. May you too know today in this moment, you belong. You are here, you are welcome taking this from another fellow in this room that I love dearly. No one else has told you today. Your higher power loves you and so do I. Thank you so much for letting me be of service. I hope something's landed when I pass. Thank you so very much for giving so much of yourselves, both of you. Um, the floor will now be open for two-minute pitches. The, chair, the chat box is now open. If you would like to share, 
put your hand up using the raised hand function found in reactions. If you need help, you can chat to a host. If you are calling in on a phone, please press star nine. The moderator will call on you. When it is your turn to speak, you will see a prompt on your screen asking you to unmute. Please select unmute to speak. The timer will signal you when you when your time is up. Please tell us where you are from and how long you have been in OA. Remember that our traditions state that OA has no outside opinion on outside issues. Some examples of outside issues are politics, religion, diets, treatment programs, non-OA approved literature, and other 12-step fellowships. Therefore, please base your sharing on your OA experience and do not include these outside issues. Please stick to the topic of this meeting. For those who arrived late, the topic of this workshop is OA members come in shapes, sizes, and many shapes, sizes, and expressions and colors. Um, please, uh, David, I see you have your hand up. Hi, thank you. Yes, hi, I'm David. I'm a compulsive overeater. Uh, I wanted to firstly claim my seat and, and thank the speakers and everyone giving service in this amazing meeting. Uh, I welcome the topic, which is important for me as is for everyone. Uh, I'm very grateful that in the first meeting I ever went to, also the only man with a room full of women, uh, but I was I was gratefully welcomed into that room, and and probably the testament that I'm still here today is because I was so uh, uh, lovingly welcomed. And I want to also mention uh, when the pandemic, or early this year in 2021, when I was looking for new meetings online, and I went to oa.org and I found a meeting which was at a good time for me, and I went online and the meeting was going along nicely and I thought you know this is a good meeting I'll put it in my calendar for for next week and I'm looking at the details online and it says this is a women's only meeting I thought oh my god what am I doing so I I wouldn't I wouldn't knowingly come to a women's meeting I would try and respect the group conscience and and I said I'm I'm very sorry that I'm here you know if you want me to go I'll go he said, no, 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 you're welcome to stay. You're welcome to stay. That's an old, that's an old uh, thing online. We have to update it. You're very much welcome to stay. And, and I'm still going to that meeting. I'm enjoying it. And I'm still the only man going to that meeting too. But uh, that doesn't matter because it really, um, we share a common uh, disease and we share a common solution. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for being sure. Thank you very much. Janet D. Thank you. My name is Janet. I'm a recovering food addict. Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you so much, uh, all those doing service. Thank you, Evangeline. Thank you, JP. Uh, two people close to my heart. I'm so grateful to uh, hear you both today and uh, <clears throat> grateful for the topic as well. Um, I'm blessed that, uh, well, I, am, I live in Florida. I joined uh, OA in New York, in Queens, New York, and that was around 1982. Um, and I, I say I'm blessed because not just come because I got to come to OA, my girlfriend told me about OA, but also because when I came to OA, I 
came to a meeting that was started by a black woman in 1970, whatever. Who had heard of that, you know? And, and she's still in OA today. So grateful for her and um, her all her many years of service in OA that really helped me a lot. Um, and I did feel welcomed. And, uh, oh, goodness me. Uh, you know, I was in and out of OA. And I have to say that I didn't always feel welcome in OA years after that. But, you know, that didn't stop me from coming back. And I'm so grateful that each time I came back, the few times I came back to OA, I was always welcome. And I'm, yeah, I'm so glad. And so now I'm grateful for the BIPOC meetings and the Ebony meetings, because I can go and feel so even more welcomed and even more comfortable in sharing what I need to share. And so um, it's wonderful. I think it is a... a uh, what is uh, what do you say? It's a uh, it's a good thing. It's a wonderful thing for OA. It's a way for us to grow that we have all these different focus meetings now. And so I'm just full of gratitude. Thank you. Uh, Sandy B is next, but I have a request. I have a request that says, would it be possible to ask the speakers and the attendees who are okay to please put in your phone numbers and share them with the group? In the text, we're not announcing that out loud, but to put that in the in the chat box. So, if you'd like to, go right ahead. Sandy, would you like to share now, please? Yes, thank you. I'm Sandy B from Virginia. Thank you so much, Evangeline and JP, for sharing your experience, strength, and hope. I um, see. I had it all in my mind what I was going to say. Now I can't remember. But anyway, I will just say a couple, a couple of things. First, I uh, live in Virginia. I spent most of my time in Northern Virginia. And when I was going to the meetings, I don't know if I was all fogged up yeah. or whatever, but I did not, um, I felt comfortable. But I do remember that I would always leave right after we, would hold, we held hands and the meeting broke up. I didn't stay and linger. Um, when I moved a little further south here in Virginia, I went to a meeting and um, it's usually, and what I didn't say was I was usually the only black person in those meetings, but a little further south here, I went to a meeting and right after the meeting was over, someone turned to me and said, you know, on such and such a day, such and such a time, there's a meeting with more black people in it. And I, I, that kind of, I didn't like that. I think she was trying to be helpful, but my thinking was, even though I am Black, I'm not here for that. I'm here as a compulsive overeater and we're all talking here. Either way, um, what I want to say about OA, the fact that they are welcoming diverse groups and um, and um, giving us, as was mentioned, therefore opening up the, the membership um, I think is is admirable. Um, I appreciate that um, because I, you know, um, and also there was something else I wanted to say. I can't think of it right now. Yeah. Oh, I know what it is. It was another meeting I went on, which I had never heard of. It may not have been this group, but it was something about secular, secular meetings. So I'm like, what is that? I looked it up. And then when I got on the meeting, it's talking about people who are atheists or didn't necessarily believe in a higher power. That's time. And I just want to say, and I'm grateful I went to that meeting because that's how I learn. I think that's how we learn the difference and how there's, and if I get a sponsee who does not believe in a higher power, I will tell her about that meeting. 
Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you very much. Donna M. Hi, I'm, Don I'm Donna M. And I'm a compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada, and grateful to be on this meeting to th this morning. Um, so I'm an immigrant from Jamaica in the West Indian Island, and I've been living in Canada for over 40 years. And I've been coming to OE for um, over 30 years. And when, when I first learned of the diversity uh, movement within OA, I reflected to myself and thought, well, I've always felt that I fit in with in OA. My issue more is that um, in talking to my community, I, um, that people don't seem to understand the concept of a 12-step program. And Often when I saw calls for um, shares about diversity, I, I couldn't relate to that. Um, but I'm grateful that I was on the meeting today because I think what I heard um, is the importance of talking up and speaking up about diversity. And there's something I saw in the meeting that disturbed me. In one of the profile boxes, someone had a picture of an ape or monkey. Now, it might have meant nothing. People post these um, strange pictures all the time, you know, they're com com comical pictures. But I thought it might mean something. And it, it deeply disturbed me. And I sent a, I don't know who the person was. I didn't notice when I looked back, I didn't see it. I even thought, was I seen right? And I, but I did send um, a message into to the, to the chat, to the host, to let them know what I had seen. And I thought it was important for me to speak up about this because that has been a racist, uh, um, a way of, making racial slurs and impulse. And I have no idea if the person meant it that way, but it's the awareness. I needed to speak about the awareness that that could be seen as, as such and, and make others feel not welcome. And it could have been a bomber for all I know. And you know, I was so nervous to speak up, but I'm grateful today that my, my program tells me the importance of, 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 saying the truth and I'm grateful for that. Thank you. We received that message. Thank you. And it was taken care of. Uh, Larry. I am Larry, a grateful compulsive overeater. I've been in the program for almost eight years now. I started out in region six in Long Island, New York. Now I live out in Indiana in region five. Um, yeah, this, the special focus meetings have become a special and dear part of my life nowadays, as I've just been part of the men's injury group, which has just celebrated one year of anniversary of starting and going and doing. And it's brought so much more interest and understanding into my life and program to be able to know how things are out there, how we can help people who are having issues that are these diverse people and be able to feel like we can contribute to the whole OA over, whole overall OA program. And I'm extremely thankful to be here and a part of the program. With that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Um, I don't see any more hands. 
We still have a couple more minutes if somebody would like to share. Anandi, please correct me if I said that wrong. Hi, good morning. Um, no, you said that right. Thank you so much. Morning, everyone. Uh, I am just so grateful to be here this morning. I'm here to the, the, uh, for this 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 uh, convention. The reminder of our 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 fellowship, I guess. I was going to say sisterhood, but they're all again. This session's about all all different types that 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 make the fellowship and. Uh, I, I would also like to talk about my gratitude for these special focus meetings. I myself last year felt some alienation uh, around um, issues. I identify as a, I am a, I won't identify, I am, I am a person of culture, of Caribbean background, uh, Trinidadian, so all of the above, many ethnicities. And I, you know, felt that, that there's some, I, I love my OA meetings, my home meetings, but, you know, just the truth is sometimes, I'm afraid to speak about certain things because I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. And these uh, BIPOC meetings have been such a blessing to me that I can talk about what's bothering me. Um, and and if, if there is something that there's racial aggressions or microaggressions, no one's uncomfortable because I'm in a room where other people have felt this. And this definitely does affect my mental, my emotional, and it, it um, can fan the flames of my addiction as well. And I'm, I'm very grateful that, that uh, more meetings are seen as a good thing, special focus, they're, they're continuing to save my life and advance my program um, and just help me in recovery. My recovery is stronger because of them. And thanks for letting me share. Thank you very much. Ann W. Hi, <laughs> welcome everybody. Um, I wanted to thank our speakers, Evangeline and JP, because they familiar faces, and I'm glad to hear them and touching my heart. Um, Evangeline was my uh, mentor for world service, so I'm really pleased to see her here. And um, just to make you guys laugh, I'm from New Hampshire, and we are all white, middle-aged heterosexuals. I'm sorry, but that's, that's all we have in our meeting. So I am thrilled to, to see other faces and I'm just so glad we're all together because we just want to get better. Thank you. Thank you very much. Carol B. Uh, yeah, hi, I'm Carol. I'm a compulsive overeater and uh, grateful to be here. I know I have a service position, but someone is covering my service position. So what I want to say is there was another group that I felt because I was part of it. Um, it's not Racism, it's, it's not all the things that's mentioned, but um, what I experienced when I had it, when my child was very young, I felt this kind of um, non-acceptance and non-help. And basically, um, and I thank God I've been program 11 years and I knew I had desperately needed program. And I found another meeting where someone, when I walked in at the, I, totally overwhelmed, she would take care of my son in another room. And that she became my sponsor for like 15 years. And that 
actually gives me when anybody, I mean, we're not meeting in person now, but when anyone walks into a meeting with a young child, I always try to offer support because usually that mother is under tremendous stress to be a compulsive overeater and dealing with a young child and you don't have no idea what kind of support they're getting. Um, I just think that that's something to be aware of. So I'm so grateful OA has given me a life and, and uh, thanks a lot. Uh, Madeline, you will be our last speaker. Hi, I'm Madeline. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, thank you to both speakers, Evangeline and JP. Um, I was very, very moved. And on a personal note, I'm very, very blessed to have Evangeline in my home meeting. So thank you for letting me share. Oh, that was a quick one. Good. Uh, Lisa L., quick one, because it's time to end almost. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Lisa anorexic um, from New York and I've been in the program six years I've been abstinent five years um, I just wanted to talk about um, being anorexic um, when I first went to a meeting um, my therapist told me to go to a meeting and I thought she was crazy I'm like why would I go to a meeting for overeaters um, I don't eat and I went to the meeting and Everybody was so accepting and so loving. They're like, you're here. We're all here for the same reason. We use food for coping. And, you know, you just use it in a different way. And they made me feel so accepting and like part of the group. And I never felt like that anywhere else. It's my eating disorder that keeps telling me you don't belong here, that this is the wrong place for you. And the whole thing is we're using food as a coping mechanism and it doesn't work. And I've learned in this program through the steps, through my sponsor, for the love of all the other people that there's a different way of living and OA is a whole new way of life for me. So I just wanted to share that. Thank you very much. Thank you. Try it again. Thank you very much. Thank you for everyone who did service at this meeting. Thank you, JP and Evangeline, for sharing your strength, your hope, your experiences, and, and your love of this program. I'd like to close this workshop now. Take a deep breath in. Let it out. Take all the peace and, and calm with you as you go through the rest of the day. We have a lot more planned for you. And I have to say, JP, you know that. If nobody told you today they love you, God loves you, and so do I. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will not mine be done. Go enjoy your lunch now, and we'll meet back here at 1 o'clock. Have, have a great time. <laughs>